0: Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, this is the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. Today's guest is Gabriel Rutledge. I've had him on the podcast many times. He's a very good friend of mine. Um, We talk a little bit about this uh, TikTok video he put out. We talk about uh, me hosting for Joe List. We talked briefly about the uh, Johnny Depp and amber heard case and we also talked about the uh deep emotional connection we made with each other and the uh deep fear we have for the life of our uh, our good mutual friend greg beachler who we've both worked with a lot recently and who i have trashed to his face on this podcast uh follow Gabe everywhere at gabe rutledge i believe if not it's gabriel rutledge anywhere you might be curious if I think there might be another Gabe slash Gabriel Rutledge floating around, uh, if there is, this is the guy that has long hair and is a stand-up comedian. Um, follow me at DKC McLean. Come see me perform stand-up comedy. The most important dates, June 12th, I will be headlining Tacoma Comedy Club. As of right now, June 24th and 25th, I will be at Skyline Comedy Club in Appleton, Wisconsin. It feels like it's going to fall through, but right now it's feeling, it's still on the calendar. Uh, July 1st through 3rd, I will be headlining Spokane Comedy Club. And then July, I think it's like 13th and 14th, no, 13th through 17th, something like this. I will be in Louisville, Kentucky with the aforementioned Gabriel Rutledge at Louisville Comedy Club for the first time. Please come check it out. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Tell a friend teleco worker subscribe to my stuff my sub stack casey com. there's a real fucking banger of an episode up right now where i just trashed the venue i most recently performed at uh thank you again for listening to the podcast and i'll talk to you later
1: hello what's up dude just uh you know days in salem Days in do you have a
0: do you have a loyalty card there yet should i was at a i was at a red roof Inn in austin not to not to brag <laughs> but they they had a they have a loyalty program for red roof Inn. man
1: that's when they ask if you want to become a member they're really saying we don't think things are going to work out for you
0: yeah i i uh To me, a Red Roof Inn feels like the kind of place that's for people who, I mean, either need to travel on the cheap, like, our situation's very different, obviously, but, like, I think about what a loyalty program for a Red Roof Inn would be, because I, you know, what I fucked up is, I thought, I've got Red Roof Inn and Red Lion mixed up in my mind. Sure.
1: That's (laughs) as Red Roof was hoping you would. Yeah. Uh,
0: (laughs) So, because Red Lion's, like, mid mid-tier maybe lower mid-tier and red roof Inn. i found out is just dog shit
1: yeah i feel like that's kind of newer though like well it's probably the same hotels that used to be mediocre are now shitty but it's like red roof when i like 15 years ago red roof was like i thought oh okay and now i'm like oh boy you know
0: yeah greg beechster and i stayed in this red roof Inn where i i found out so i feel like what i was saying was i feel like they're um they're geared for people who travel once a year and really can't like afford to travel. These are like all bereavement fairs staying in Red Roof Inns, you know? (laughs) Right. And, and like the, the Red Roof Inn, Greg Beechler and I stayed in, in Austin, Texas, which I found out was in the, like the bad part of town. Apparently it wasn't, I didn't notice that it was a bad part of town. I did notice the, the language changed. Uh, among the patrons of this red roof Inn, they were uh not speaking english um but uh that's just
1: rude casey it's i know
0: rude. english only at the uh, red roof Inn or poker table in the red roof Inn. um our our red roof Inn had the door there was one screw holding in the top hinge and i noticed it immediately but what also happened is uh the like the door because of that the door was like all fucked up the way that it opened and closed so you had to like once it hit the door jam you had to like lift it up and shift it into place to close
1: yeah
0: which our mutual friend greg beachler forgot to do many times and i'm just such a fucking dad that i was just standing at the door waiting for him to not fix it <laughs> greg beachler's <laughs> well, a serious drug addict so he had to go smoke weed every 14 seconds
1: you know, I uh you know, I'm a longtime listener to your many podcasts, yes. Uh <laughs> and I was listening to you and the uh and and Greg Beechler and he's talking about his you know, he, he's diabetic. Yes. Um which is not his fault technically.
0: Mm-hmm. But you know he won't stop bragging about how it's not his fault. No,
1: he's like, oh, I'm not the fat kind. Whatever, dude. Uh, so he, it, it seems crazy to me that his body is constantly trying to kill him. Mm-hmm. He has to maintain these 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 levels of, and and I, I had the same experience when I was with him one time where he goes like, hey, can we stop? And I got to get like an orange juice or something, and I'm like, <laughs> how do you not always have it on you?
0: Yeah. Agreed.
1: Like, if, if it's like, hey, every once in a while, my body freaks the fuck out and tries to kill me, but I need some sugar, Uh, like, just have an emergency orange juice, right?
0: Yeah, have, like, a fucking sugar packet or something like that. I mean, one one thing I'll say, I don't know, have you listened to the most recent uh, Nightcap episode? The... I have not. Okay, so I... If... That episode ever reached a norm. This, is, by the way, on sub- com, But if it ever reached the venue <laughs> that I performed at, that's the I guess the <laughs> the freedom of performing or of doing these podcasts behind a paywall. By the way, not presently behind a paywall, but hopefully eventually behind a paywall. Is I also talked about how uh, Greg drank. He says seven beers. But okay. I would I if it was more than 5 I'd be shocked if I'm being honest. Um but still apparently he doesn't drink beer very often and beer affects him differently. So he was just like what well, I I don't know this. Like he just starts drinking beer. And then we get back to the hotel and like I would any person when I wanted to drink more I was also pressuring him to drink more so that I felt not like it was a problem. Like we were
1: hey. That's a good friend. Yes. Uh, drinking drinking's fun. Let's have fun together. Mm-hmm.
0: Don't make me feel bad about it. So he had uh, two Bud Lights back at the hotel room. And so then the next morning, I wake up like a fucking soldier, crack a fucking six o'clock or whatever, Uh, go play golf. I, like, came back to the hotel, grabbed a tripod, went and played a little more golf. And I was like, you know what? I haven't eaten. I'm going to talk to – I'm going to see if old Greg – because Greg was actually planning on learning to fly fish that morning with the owner of the venue. I was like, let's see. Let's check in on old Greg. Maybe he's caught us lunch, you know? I sent him a text. I'm like, hey, have you eaten yet? He's like, no, nah, man, pretty hungover. And I was like, oh, really? Like, like in my mind, five beers in his lie, uh, seven beers. But still, I'm like, seven beers? And you're like, that hungover? Like, it's 1 p.m.? Yes. And I, I pick him up. And, uh, he's like, yeah, dude, I don't, I like, I don't know. I've been throwing up like all night. And I was like, oh, why? He's like, I don't normally drink beer like that. And I'm like, oh, I think you, uh, you might like just be a lesser person than me. And, uh, we made it one block. He's like, where do you want to get lunch? I'm like, I don't know. We'll just drive down, figure out. We made it less than one block, a half a block. And he had to, he like, he's like, oh dude, he's like, he like started reaching for the door and I'm like, do you have to puke? And he's like. Uh, maybe. I was like, dude, just get out of the car. And he's like, I was like, he's like, no, man, just go. And I'm like, no, dude, you're like, get out of the fucking car and puke. If you have to puke, like, don't puke in the rental car. And he's like, no, dude, I'll be fine. Just, just like, I'll wait till you pull over. And I'm like, I'm fucking stopped. So I, I like turned the corner and pulled over immediately. And he got out and threw up five times. And in a way that like, he threw up from his toes to the fucking, the 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 not working follicles on the top of his head like every fucking inch of his body was vomiting
1: was this really from the beer
0: i think so and by the way um i did tell i i did a lot of talking at this place where i didn't consider who the like the people who i was saying it to were um which you'll hear when you listen but one of the things that i did is i was like um, I was coming down the stairs after I had gone and gotten Greg like orange juice, uh, fucking anti-nausea medication, also a phone charger because he's 11 years old and forgot his phone charger. I feel like his f- <laughs> fucking dad, dude.
1: Dude, every every comedy trip Greg's on is like a make a wish.
0: Dude, it's now you know what it is. It's like a fucking it's like a gauntlet. He's it's like he's on uh like naked and afraid every fucking time. And but naked is without insulin, fucking sugar, or his phone charger apparently. And so, uh, anyways, yeah, I, I I bought him, I bought him supplies like he was fucking like it was the outsiders, and he was hiding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I brought him back like uh like a water and some you know whatever orange juice and all that shit. And then I'm walking down the stairs, and uh, the the lady that owns the place or that runs the place, she's like. Hey, you know, Greg earlier, he like ordered coffee and then I made his coffee and like I turn around and he's just like vanished into the wind <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, I think he has a uh, food poisoning and I just didn't even connect that when you tell a restaurant owner oh, that yeah. someone has food poisoning, they're not going to be like, ha, what? A, like I told a bunch of comics, like I, I've, everybody that's. Considering booking Greg in the future, I let him know I was like, this guy's not reliable. He gets food poisoning. But I didn't, I did not expect, just because I'm stupid, it's not because they were irrational. When you tell a restaurant owner, I got food poisoning at your restaurant, they take it very seriously. Greg and I had eaten the exact same thing the day before. Like, it's a long story, but there was a reason why we just, for convenience sake, ordered the exact same food, just like two burgers, the exact same doneness. And uh, yeah, so it was for sure the alcohol, and also what he was throwing up was like yellow liquid. So I think it was, um, oh yeah, because of that, I also think it was alcohol related.
1: But doesn't he he drinks right? Mm-hmm. But usually liquor or something.
0: Yeah, I think he drinks whiskey specifically, whiskey the most often. Which, wow. yeah, theoretically, I think alcohol fucks with your blood sugar regardless of the sugar content but then i think also beer has like unfermented sugar in it yeah so i don't know i mean greg is just uh he's you know he's a delicate flower who can't (laughs) handle having a couple beers (laughs) and i didn't know this i didn't realize that i was taking a 15 year old boy out to cascade idaho um (laughs) The other thing Greg does that's annoying, if I'm just shitting on Greg while he's not around, because I've done it a lot to his face. Uh, he, every time we walk into a building, because he, he does maintenance stuff for a living, he starts, like, analyzing the maintenance guy's work. He's like, oh, man, they don't even make those those uh light fixtures anymore. And I'm like, dude, I don't give a fuck. Why would I care about this?
1: Casey, this is my whole childhood, because my dad is... I mean, it had a fancier title than Maintenance Man, but th- my dad did that at a hospital. Oh, yeah. So, you know, like HVAC shit and, like, that kind of stuff. Every, like, I would look, it would be at my school concert, and I would look up in the stands of the gym and see my dad looking <laughs> at the AC equipment. <laughs> <laughs> I think Greg is Black Hank Hill, dude. <laughs> By the way, I should say, I got a bunch of shows with Greg Connor, but I fucking love him. But yeah uh but i will say it is shocking to me the amount of comedians that are like don't seem to know how to function greg has health challenges but it's like just like basic things to me that just like okay but greg has
0: greg has health challenges and like a that requires like a calculator
1: you know what i mean
0: like he's (laughs) If, yeah, if Greg yeah, just yeah, used yeah, the yeah. calculator on his phone, we wouldn't be in this problem. If Greg kept a fucking a pack of Mentos on him, we'd be fine. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> yeah, no. But instead, we got to pack them with us like we're a mom with a fucking fanny pack. Yeah. Like, Greg, 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 how's your levels? Greg?
0: <laughs> I know. His uh, his girlfriend, by the way, uh, this is so funny because it just really exemplifies Greg Beachler. His girlfriend baked me... A loaf of sourdough bread called a uh, thank you for keeping Greg alive loaf is what she called it. And then Greg just never brought it to my house. <laughs> like, it was so it's like a class, like maybe his blood sugar got too low to drive his car to fucking deliver this loaf of bread.
1: I don't know. It seems to be a comedian characteristic that like just dealing with details is not. Like I, I've landed at the airport before. Like someone was flying with me. You know they lived in Seattle. I lived. I live in Olympia still. And like we landed, and the person was like, the other comedian was like, "Huh, I gotta get a ride." <laughs> They're like I don't know how I'm getting home. I guess I could call a friend, or I wonder how. I'm. It's just and it just boggles my mind. Like that level of just I'm I'm, I'm jealous, but just like I'll go where the wind blows me and you know i'm online checking how hard the wind's gonna blow (laughs) (laughs) you know
0: (laughs) well that's the thing about greg that's infuriating is then then boy we're just this is shit on greg's session and it's all me it's all one-sided uh so far (laughs) um the other thing that'll happen is yeah he's like that where he's like can't can't be bothered to fucking keep his blood sugar in check but then he's like He's got seventy. He's like, he's like. So what does this? What does this place have for like a sound? Like he's like, all of a sudden when like when it's stuff that he cares about, not his blood sugar. He's got seventy <laughs> questions for me. Like I'm the like like I'm his agent and not the other comedian on the show that's experiencing at the at the same time. You know that booked him.
1: <laughs>
0: What's the food like at this place? Have you seen the menu?
1: <laughs> You're like I'm on this journey with you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, also, um, you will you don't know this yet, but Greg, because of his stupid insulin pump, has to get a medical pat down because he can't go through oh. any of the, the x-ray stuff. So I didn't know I was adding a half hour to my trip every time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and also, you know what's crazy is the Boise airport, you would think this wouldn't be the case. You'd think it, in Boise, they'd have to, like, wake the guy up that does the medical pat-downs. In Boise, there's one gate. So, like, the guy that does the medical yeah. pat-downs is seven feet away. In Austin and Seattle, that person is, like, four gates away, patting oh. down a bunch of fucking children or something. I don't know what they're doing, but uh, it takes forever in those places. Boise, no problem. Like, 12 minutes, we were getting breakfast burrito recommendations from the guy doing the medical pat-downs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love a small airport.
0: Yeah. Um, so you put out a video today that I, I want to talk about that. I I have a couple of things that I want to talk to you about. Uh, but the one you put out a video today on TikTok of a, I want to know the full story because we talked about it a little bit online, but there's just the video that you put out starts out with a man is like approached the stage or is near the stage and throws a lighter to you on stage. Yes. You, You catch the lighter Uh instinctively check to see if it works Uh (laughs) instinctively (laughs) shove it in your pocket and then reach back for your water bottle as though nothing happened and then like i think in that moment kind of realize how bizarre that situation was and then the crowd cheers and laughs and all that
1: yeah you know i played a little third base in high school so i got i got you know hot corner hot corner stays with you yeah hot corner stays with you head on its way um My 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 basic move at third base would be like I would make an amazing play with the glove and then two hop the throw over to first. Base. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was how I like to handle things. But um, yeah, so I it's funny because I was at a show. The show was in Rent at the Carco Theater, and I have a joke where I say. I look like a guy who has a lighter. That's my look, right? And so that, I didn't know, I I remember that happened, but it didn't feel that memorable to me. Just a guy threw me a lighter and in my head, I was kind of like, well, I kind of fucked up that joke. Oh yeah! But then I happened to see video of it because because the people who did the show put my entire setup on YouTube. <laughs> they, they took it down. To their credit, they took it down. But like, you can't you can't do that. You can't just put my whole anyway. Um, and and I was watching the video because I downloaded it off of YouTube. I'm like, maybe there's something good on here. And I watched that video. I'm like, man, that was smooth as fuck. It's it's
0: so good. I said this to you, like, I thought that was like you knew that guy
1: was bringing a lighter to you. Yeah. I think what had happened is someone someone had, like, thrown it or put it on the stage, and I didn't know that. But it was a big stage. Mm-hmm. And so that guy walked up to the front, picked it up off the front of the stage, and then tossed it to me. And um, you, I will have to say, you, you said you should use this music with it. And I think that helped because I'm at 130,000 views on TikTok right now. Because it just timed out, like, perfectly uh, with that uh, Snoop Dogg.
0: Yeah, it's, I think, the uh, next episode by Snoop Dogg yeah, and Dr. Dre. Yeah. yeah, and that's, and like, it, a little bit of a meme, but, like, I've never seen you do something that was, like, this should work with this meme, like, perfectly. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because on, it's so, it's, a, it, partly what's good about that little 12-second clip is it's very confusing. You're like, wait, what happened? Why is this like? People in the comments are just like, "Why did he throw? What's going on?" Like, uh, and people are debating. People thought I said before he threw me the lighter. They thought I said something about bick. Like, did your bick die? And then he's like a bunch of a bunch of people are making up things I was saying. It's it's very hilarious uh, to me that just like I'm like, no, I guy just threw me a lighter. But
0: it's mesmer uh, it's a mesmerizing video. I've watched it too many times. (laughs)
1: Well, you know, I I spend a lot of time trying to write jokes. But that's that's the old me. Casey. You know what's that's...
0: funny what's funny too is you sent me the version without the music. This is how we got to this point is mm-hmm. and I don't I haven't watched it since I've seen the one with the music, but I've convinced myself I had convinced myself you said something about a Bic also. I don't remember what you said. But le- the legend will show this is like a, when you play Abbey Road backwards or whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah, I actually, I know what I was saying, um, but it had nothing to do with the lighter, because that joke was like 10 minutes earlier, or right. at least five. Um, but yeah, it's very, it's very, <laughs> it's very, I was just going to put it up without the music, and now I'm so glad you uh, talked me into that. Uh, but it is so funny. It, it, it also was like, it really... <laughs> It really, like, I'm happy it's getting views and it's fun. But it's also like, what the fuck are we doing, Casey? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, like, I, it's like, oh, this is, I mean, look, I'm in the get views business. But it's also like, a guy threw me a lighter and I caught it. And I'm like, this is good for my career. Like, what the fuck is going on? I know. such an unhealthy place. Like, oh, I wish someone would come up on stage and kick me in the balls. You know the views I'd get?
0: I know. Well, that's like, like the like Bill Burr did the thing that he thought was going to end his career. And it's like his kind of career defining yeah. moment. And then uh, not Ricky Gervais, but uh, Jim Jeffries did the joke that like it was like a gun control bit. I think someone came yeah. up and hit him on stage. And that's like yeah. raised his profile a ton. Actually, a, a more contemporary example is I believe her name is Kelly Bachman. But she was, like, doing – it's like a three-year comic or something like that in New York doing a show where Harvey Weinstein was in attendance. Mm. And a bunch of people just performed and didn't acknowledge it. And then she acknowledged it. And that, like – she's – I remember back then because she did, like, a bunch of podcasts and stuff that I looked and she was, like, like 1,200 followers. And that was after it had become a thing. Like, I'm sure she had gained some before I got to – now she's got, like – Maybe a hundred thousand followers, and she's like a person who's like people go to for comedy opinions, <laughs> Wow, which yeah. is like I don't know how good of a comic she is or is not, but I know that it made her like a relevant person in comedy, which is like sounds harsh to say that I personally am not a relevant person in comedy, but uh I have sent out hundreds of emails without getting a response. So I know, you know what I mean? Like to, to be like relevant at all, you don't really get to choose what the thing is. So if you become lighter boy, you gotta,
1: I think you just got to take it. (laughs) Two years from now, I'm just up there dodging (laughs) shit. People (laughs) are chucking at me. I heard he can catch anything. (laughs) (laughs) You're the Steve Hofstetter
0: of lighters. (laughs) (laughs) Comedian
1: catches heckler's brick.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, do you remember those uh, Larry Fitzgerald commercials where they were like throwing stuff at receiver Larry Fitzgerald, and he would Mm -hmm. just catch everything? It's gonna be Gabriel. That's not the only thing you guys have in common. He also has long hair. So,
1: (laughs) and we were both drafted by the NFL.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: Uh, I mean, obviously, I I went a different direction, but we were both drafted.
0: Yeah, Uh, you're an artist. Can't be bothered with that jock
1: shit someone someone yeah exactly i gotta i gotta go do comedy at an outdoor food park in salem i can't be bothered for playing for the phoenix cardinals
0: uh god you gotta be a thousand years old to call them the phoenix cardinals by the way oh
1: oh yeah you're right i'm sorry well i am a
0: thousand years old
1: uh by the way, I'm drinking too. I don't know what you're drinking. Oh, but, thank uh, you for
0: noting. You didn't, I didn't even say I was drinking, but I maybe, heard a clinkety. I heard yeah, a fair. clink, and my my penis rose a little
1: bit. I <laughs> love...
0: I'm drinking straight <laughs> insulin. Actually, I got. I'm trying to. <laughs>
1: I'm a I'm a couple of Michelobultures in, or as Greg Beachler would say, halfway to food poisoning, <laughs> on the verge uh, of death. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's uh. So this guy from my high school. I mean, I've talked to him many times. My friend Juan Carlos lives in New York now. And I posted that video on Instagram. And he remembered. He (laughs) was fucking funny. He, during school lunch, he, like, was walking and he dropped a pizza. Like a school circle shitty school lunch pizza, you know? Mm -hmm. And he dropped it. And I, like, turned around as he dropped it. And I kind of, like, backhand caught it before it hit the ground and they called me pizza ninja for like the next two years of high school wow and so apparently that's i should have gone into the catching things game instead of the joke writing game
0: pizza ninja is actually my porn search (laughs) (laughs) Uh, should be i'm drinking uh i'm drinking gin and tonic right now that's been my drink recently really
1: see jen is i mean that 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 you can't fuck around with jen that's a, that's a that's a serious man's strength there or woman's oh
0: you, yeah you you and greg really belong with each other you are you one of these people that's like when i drink tequila my you know if i drink 18 shots of tequila i get real drunk i get it's a real problem
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh if i have tequila yeah. i hump the wall that's yeah. what i do I, uh I mean, I drink whiskey. I tend to like all of these. This is where, you know, you kind of have a problem when you have all these theories and uh, strategies <laughs> <laughs> about drinking where you're like, maybe I sh- I shouldn't be the kind of guy who's like, when I'm home, I drink whiskey and diet ginger ale when I'm on the road. I drink light beer, uh, but I actually do kind of like to drink beer when i'm working because i'm not gonna get i like to keep drinking especially if it's a a social situation i like to keep drinking and if you keep drinking whiskey all night holy fuck
0: yeah i actually to me the um there's that like those rhyming things like whiskey before beer you're in the clear or liquor before beer you're in the clear whatever yeah i actually my favorite way to drink is to have like i did this in oklahoma city most recently to perfection but i had like four beers had like a good buzz going and then i just coasted on like white claw i would have like i would get like a white claw and like a maker's mark neat and yeah. that's like at that point i know i'm not like pounding shots or whatever like i know i'm buzzed i'm not i'm not trying to like reach a point And you just, like, calmly sip your whiskey at the end of the night. Like, I think closing your night out with whiskey, if you have, like, four beers and then close your night out with whiskey, then you're, like, you know exactly how full you are. I will say, like, my body feels significantly better when I drink, like, straight whiskey. The same amount of, like, whatever, intoxication. My body feels way better the next day when I drink whiskey. Yeah
1: i i could yeah i would agree with that but yeah it's really a time you're right it's a time issue where it's like i don't i don't need to drink more than a couple whiskey drinks but again if you're like going out with other people it's hard to like yeah have two and then sit there for two hours
0: yeah i i like the ritual also i think is what you're saying and that's i've yeah i'm pretty similar that's why i drink a lot of like i mean even though white claw people don't respect that as part of the ritual but uh, I like White Claw. I'll drink a Michelob Ultra. I bought Bud Light for a reason in, uh, in Cascade, Idaho, not because it's my favorite beer, but because I wanted to, at the end of the night, I thought have a couple low impact beers. I didn't realize these would be the kiss of death for my fucking
1: pal. <laughs> it's only low impact. If you have a, I don't know what it is. Functioning pancreas. Yes. I don't even know. I don't know much. I about think It diabetes, is a pancreas. But, I
0: think you, yeah. you nailed it. Um, so, uh, all right, I'm going to move on slightly because was, there's one other thing that I want to talk okay. about. And then we are, right. it is late at night and I have had, uh, my daughter's daycare has been shut down by COVID yet again. We're oh, still doing sakes. I God know. damn I've, it. I've had no goddamn alone time today. So I'm spending it all talking to Gabriel Rutledge. Uh, we're going, my wife and I are going to Portland tomorrow. We're like throwing, I don't know, we're throwing the kid in a kennel or something like that. <laughs> um. <laughs> the, uh, but I so on Monday I got to open for my favorite comedian I got to host for my favorite comedian I make that distinction I by the way I just always fuck up the distinction and correct myself in real time I hosted for Joe List at Tacoma Comedy Club um you was, did I did did you not oh, know that's that's
1: that Fucking great no I didn't know you were doing that that's awesome
0: so I've hosted for him I think every time he's been at Tacoma Comedy Club since like I mean
1: by the way before I even get into it hard vouch on his new youtube special it's fucking mm-hmm. good it's so fucking funny
0: it's great it's called this year's material um yeah he's he's an incredible comic and i it's like really reinforced um every time he puts out something it's better i loved his first album and i think by the way if you go listen i don't think the crowd loved his first album <laughs> like,
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I met joe in the he wouldn't remember, but I met him in the Seattle comedy competition where he did not make the finals. I believe I, that
0: is the, that I believe that is the shit in the, in the girl's shoes story that he tells all the time is that Seattle international comedy competition.
1: Yeah. I think that yes. And I, I'm not speaking out of turn here cause he's been very public about it, that he has herpes. I believe that was right after that happened.
0: <laughs> well, no, this uh, is how much I know the Joe list story. It might've been right before, but he did it, I believe over Christmas which i think would like but he also i believe it was right before he got sober also but it may be it could have been a year uh after the herpes thing also like because it's what that the competition's in november right
1: yeah and that's to let you know how important those contests are where the guy who got fucking eight is now way bigger than anyone else in that fucking contest yeah
0: so so uh but I mean so I've worked with him like four or five times now. I he follows me on uh Instagram and Twitter. I have his uh, phone number I, and I, I get never it, use Casey. it.
1: You're a big you and you Joe List. You're yeah, I get it.
0: No, this was this was like I felt like the most like cool and normal. It's I cuz I've always been like nervous, right? Like I'm not nervous sure. when it's a famous comedian. <clears throat> I'm nervous when it's a comedian that I respect. You know, I've never been nervous yeah. working with you, Gabe, but uh <laughs> um no, no whatever I, is no i think i mean obviously the one to to i obviously respect you gabe but also like i was very nervous and then we spent the first time i worked with you we spent fucking seven hours in the car together and i was like yeah, oh was we're gonna fun. get over this eventually because <laughs> uh, and by the way seven hours the first leg of the trip i think it was a total of about 18 hours on the that whole trip. was crazy oh uh, yeah yep um. Some... God, what a what a silly thing to do to just invite a guy you don't know to spend twenty hours in a car with you for. It is crazy.
1: It is crazy. Um, uh, but I I feel like it's so funny though because it's like, you ever? I, it it's almost like with um. This might sound corny, and I apologize, but it's like with the way people talk about uh meeting their spouse or a girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever, and they're just like. That's that's, that's kind of how I felt after we hung out. Where I'm like, I really feel like I connected with Casey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's yeah. That's I mean, it's it's very funny because I've had those uh, moments. I've had I used to have this joke about this actually that never I could never get to work. But it's so hard as an adult man to make friends. Yeah. That it's like. I, but my joke was like, there was the like, genuinely, there was a dude that worked at the grocery store across from the apartment building that I lived in that I'd go in and we'd have like this witty banter rapport. And I was like, I got to be friends with that guy. And my wife was like, you just, can you just ask him out for a drink or something? I'm like, no, that's, <laughs> no we don't, that's we don't do that. And then I don't even know he like stopped working at that grocery store. He could be dead for all I know. Um <laughs> It's unrequired. You know, it's, it's like a yeah. misconnection on Craigslist. Yep. But no, I felt the same way. And then I felt, uh, it actually, you know, it's funny. so I used to do this podcast with Aaron Kirby and Mm -hmm. we've, we've since had a falling out, but I remember the, we did. So I had a podcast before Aaron Kirby and I had a podcast together and he did it. And then he just did it like the next four weeks after that. And I was like (laughs) to my wife when he left, (laughs) it's so embarrassing. This is so embarrassing. I closed the door. And I walked into the bedroom where my wife had been confined as to not interfere with the podcast. <laughs> and I was, like, blushing. And I go, I think, I think I'm think i going to ask him to do a podcast with me. Like, I think it's, like, I think it, we, like, have a really good thing. <laughs> and, I, like, I, I think I probably said something to her like that about you. And, yeah, that's very embarrassing. You should be embarrassed. We should both be embarrassed.
1: Yeah, I'm humiliated. I really am.
0: But so I got to work with this dude who's, like, my favorite comic. And I've gotten to mm-hmm. do it a lot, and I've gotten to work with... I've been very lucky uh, to work with comedians that I respect and also comedians that sell a lot of tickets so I can sell a lot of merch on their shows. Hell yeah. Um, th- not Those are almost all mutually exclusive, by the way. <laughs> but, but, uh, so I what I w- am curious about, because... Again, our mutual friend, Greg Beachler, he's really dominating this podcast. I believe he that is. he told me that you told him your favorite comedian is Cat Williams. And I'm a little worried that you said it to Greg. It was Cat Williams because Greg is like one eighth black. You're like, I got I to pick a black comedian to tell Greg. That's,
1: that's weird because I don't see color except black. <laughs> black is the only color I see. Uh, <laughs> no, but I will say this. If you would have told me you like Cat Williams for the last, whatever, 10, 15 years, I would have said yes. But I recently, I just kept watching Cat Williams videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I go, "I this guy is so fucking entertaining. Cat yeah. Williams is so fucking good and also kind of crazy. Yeah, of course. He's insane. Yeah. I think- but, like, he's so funny, man. I, I really maybe my favorite is extreme but he is for sure like i don't even have the list but he's for sure top five i re- like i am a legitimate cat williams fan i think he's absolutely fantastic and some just like the showmanship mhm incredible
0: incredible and the offstage stuff where he's just like just trashing every single comedian in the world that he disagrees with, basically.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love that too. I There's know, like a pro, a pro wrestling aspect. Yes, almost.
0: yeah. I so I I think he gets underrated and forgotten by people, and I think that's a mm-hmm. good answer. But so I'm going to take Cat Williams out of the equation. Okay, who is like of the comedians you've ever worked with before? Can you tell me about the like the comic? who you were the most, like, starst- starstruck by, or, like, whose career you respected the most, or, um, I don't know, I'm not yeah. trying to, this feels like I'm asking, like, my uncle. Like, it's like a, like, go home from school and ask your uncle. But I've, I actually was thinking about this, and I I don't think we've ever talked about this. Very rarely, we will talk about comedians that we like, but I don't think we've ever talked about, like, even who you're, when, Gabe, when Greg was like, oh, yeah, his favorite comedian is Cat Williams, I think we've talked about Cat Williams before. I think this isn't the first time we've had a Cat Williams discussion, but I was like, "Oh, really? That's his favorite." Like, I'm so. Let's take your dear favorite, longtime favorite, Cat Williams, out of the equation. Who is like the highest
1: on your list person that you've gotten to work with? That's an easy answer for me. It's a and oh, is it me? Also. (laughs) (laughs) i told you we had a connection Uh, also i have not gotten to work with that many because i mean this i started headlining so fucking fast Mm -hmm. that i mean you know that sounds arrogant i'm sorry but it's like so it's like and even if i wasn't like in in town like doing clubs i was like out on the road doing shit so like i don't I don't have... If you just kind of hang out in a city for 10 years, you will have a lot better I open for list than I have. But uh, Mitch Hedberg. Yes. Uh, I I never heard of Mitch Hedberg before I started comedy. I, I, were, I, I did a guest set for him, and then I opened for him for two shows on one day. Uh, actually, not too far before he died. But I just... He was kind- of, it was a really weird phenomenon. He was so underground, but also to me like a rock star um and so I guess maybe coming from punk rock that kind of like appealed to me where it's like in the beginning, it was like I never heard of this guy. why did he sell out the club every fucking show who is this guy right you know and and it was a very- it was like this weird underground um thing it wasn't because people saw him on letterman it was just like their friends said have you seen this fucking weirdo Mm -hmm. you know um so again my comedy is nothing like him but i was like i was real excited to uh open for him um i did it at the uh (laughs) the urban comedy cafe in seattle which has been came and went so quickly. Uh the guy who opened it did not know when you say urban in entertainment, that means not white people. Yes. He he just thought it meant like, hey, it's downtown.
0: Yeah. He's like a city planner. The way that a city yeah, planner yeah, would yeah, think
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and so uh there it was quite hilarious when I opened for him because I did a couple of gigs at this urban comedy cafe. It's actually the guy who used to own giggles a long time ago. But no one went to the shows. I did a show with Emo Phillips, who's kind of well-known, and there was 12 people there, and five of them were a kid's birthday party. Wow. It was like – it was not – no one went to that club. It just – it you know, there was the Comedy Underground. There was Giggles, and he was trying to do his own thing, and people weren't into it. It was not working. And Mitch Hedberg was big enough that no matter where he went, it was going to sell out if it was – you know, and so – there was literally no staff. Uh, it was just him and his girlfriend who, who did it wow. all the time. But then all of a sudden there's 200 something people in the room. They had to bring in these like plastic lawn chairs that, like outdoor <laughs> lawn chairs. Uh, so people are just like putting their drinks on the ground. There's no, you know, and that's if you got a drink. So he, here's what happened. He he also owns strip clubs, and so he sold all these Mitch Hedberg tickets, and so he had all these Russian strippers come be his waitstaff for 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 that weekend. So they're just they're just tottering around on their high clear plastic heels.
0: They didn't even change I, outfits. No,
1: no, and. The, what the food was? It was Costco appetizers. So it was like it was like <laughs> it was like wheel mini sandwiches. It was mini quiches and like uh, <laughs> and you know an alcohol. And they would give you your mini quiche on a paper plate. And this people are paying like forty five bucks a ticket. And this is like two thousand five. So people funny. are paying like 45 bucks a ticket. They're like trying to order drinks that, you know, they're getting yelled at in Russian. They finally get their food. It's a paper plate with a Costco appetite. It was fucking hilarious chaos. I showed up and the owner, Bob, was like, I'll give you 75 extra dollars to seat people. I'm like, great. <laughs> uh, but it—it it was also they made up all these credits for me. It was a, it was his his wife, I think, or a girlfriend was hosting, and she would be like, "Okay, your middle act was just on the Tonight Show with Jay Leno. He's been on. A comp-. She just made up all these credits. Oh, it was—it wow. was, it was a wild weekend. But he, I just, I will always love Metzgerberg because he—I don't know. It—it's it, just such a unique, interesting brain. Um that was so far from my own brain that I respected it. Sometimes you see comics and you're like, I wish that was me. I would see Mitch Hedberg and be like, that is so not me. (laughs) You know what I mean? That is so, I, I don't think that way. And also, look, you just saw Joe List. I'm assuming the amount of jokes he had that worked was all of them. I'm sure every joke he did was was like mediocre to amazing. Well, I would say
0: I would say so. He is burning. He burned the whole act. Yeah. So I would say that's not the case. But what I would say is, and I think Hedberg had this also to maybe like maybe at a slower pace. uh, I think Joe List is the best comic to watch, like work on material. Because when a joke yeah. isn't going great is when I think he's, like, it's like, a, oh, man, I've been golfing too much recently. He's, like, a great recovery shot. He can hit, like, a great recovery shot.
1: Well, that is exactly what Mitch Hedberg was. Because, right. you know, it was all these abstract one-liners. And, like, look, he did an hour. And, like, the percentage of jokes he had that got zero response was, like, a lot. Right. I, I mean, 15%, 20% because he's trying out new shit with his old shit. and But it's like he would just reco- – I mean, at the end of the show, everyone there would have been like, what a great show. But, like, whatever, 20% of their jokes didn't work, but it was still a great show. How did you do that? Yeah. And he would have all these recovery lines. One the, I remember it. One of the lines, he said a joke that made no sense. And then he goes, I got to rewrite that with a new beginning, middle, and end. <laughs> so fucking funny. Uh, but, yeah, it was it, – it. I was – I really – I love Mitch Hedberg. I will always love Mitch Hedberg. Um, uh, and as far as I know, he's still alive. Don't tell me anything else.
0: Yeah, he's please. doing great. I think he's, uh, he's on the Rushmore – um, he actually got clean, and he's hosting a late night show.
1: I knew he'd get it together. Well, yeah. that it's funny. I was there the, the Saturday at the Urban Comedy Cafe, and the Friday he was there. He walked out because he was upset about the ticket prices or something, which doesn't make sense because it's like, well, the people paid money to see the tickets, now they don't get to see. You. Anyway, he died like eight months later or something. Oh, wow. He wasn't in a great spot. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I, I think, I think that's the person I'm most happy I ever got to open for, uh, would be Mitch Hedberg because he's how, still, how was he to ahead. you? Fine. I, you know, not a lot, just like, Hey, how you doing? Kind of a shy guy, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, there was people there in the crowd who made their own shirts with their favorite punchlines from his jokes. Wow. It was like, it was a real powerful underground thing. Like like he had a joke about, you know, it was like something about Pringles. Like I think, you know, uh maybe they were I don't remember the Pringles joke. But people had like shirts with like Pringles punchlines printed on. It was it it there was a kid there who you wouldn't think Mitch Hedberg how would you dress like Mitch Hedberg, but the kid dressed like Mitch did for his Comedy Central special? It's like and so it's like
0: Burt Kreischer has people come with their shirt off. Mitch Hedberg has people yeah, yeah, in like... exactly,
1: exactly. It was wild. And he would just disappear. No merch, no merch. He would just disappear to the back room. I'm out there whoring my CDs at the time. That's what I had. And so people would be like, they thought I knew him, of course, you know, because oh, I'm yeah. with him. They're like, can you, will he come out? We'd love to get an autograph, you know? I don't know. It was just really, it was like, you know, let's say there was 180 people in the room. It was like, it was 60,000 the way those people were into him. Mm. Um, so that, it always stuck with me. And I also, he made me laugh real hard. And uh, uh, it was also such a weird night to be at that particular club. But that that's, um, yeah, I would say Mitch Hedberg is the, is, is the one that it was like, oh, this is awesome that I get to open for this guy.
0: I have a not as, as, cool Mitch Hedberg story but several years ago it's actually kind of funny so several years ago my wife and I went to the oddball comedy festival at oh the- I remember that yeah the White River Amphitheater what's funny is this is how much of a comedy nerd I was at the time is we got there and I was like uh like we were, I was in line for a beer and I was like oh shit that's Nathan Brandon over there <laughs> and Nathan Brandon's like a good comedian like a good but he's like a local like maybe I think yeah. Portland at the time or something like that but it was like oh fuck you're Nathan Brandon like I was so and it's very funny because like people don't realize. like I now know how silly it was to be like oh my god can you believe that Nathan Brandon is in my presence the same way that when you're after shows like I was at a show with Josh Firestein recently and a guy was like we, they were like three minutes into the conversation and it was like the fourth time the guy had apologized for being nervous. And I was like, oh, this is gross. Like, I hate this. Uh, especially seeing it happen to somebody else. If someone was feeling that towards me, like, justified. But, uh...
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, look, as as... I had to learn this lesson because, you know, I tend to be self-deprecating. I come from like, whatever, independent music where it was like the less you promoted yourself, the cooler you were. Yeah. Uh, but I I had to make that adjustment because I realized I was ruining interactions. Like, you know, people would be like, can I have an autograph? And I'd be like, why? <laughs> I'm going to be at an a outdoor food court in Salem tomorrow. What the fuck do you want my autograph for? That, years ago. And then I'm like, oh, I'm fucking this up. You just yeah. give them what, you know what I mean? You don't have to pretend you're something you're not. But be gracious, say thank you, don't be self deprecating, you know. But it is hard. It's it's you know, it's it's in our nature, but it is I see <laughs> I see people fuck it up all the time where people are like, Oh my god, it's so cool to see you and you're like, Well, you should get better people you like, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, God, this is making me reflect on every interaction I've ever had with a an see? audience member. <laughs> Yeah, me too. <laughs> I I'm so bad at that. You said a thing on a on a podcast recently that is absolutely something I have done, which was if a comedy audience member wants to buy you a drink, let them buy you a drink because then the the venue gets more yeah uh, more money. Although and- I
1: will say, what I should because I've heard you mention that on your podcast, I should say only if you were drinking. Oh, of course, of course. You know, if you weren't going to drink at all don't just take drinks for no reason but like yeah if you're drinking anyway and someone in the uh someone after the show is like can i buy you a drink and you get them for free we'll make them buy you a drink yeah all right have you paid any uh, and this is like a very short question and then i'll
0: let you go okay. uh, have you paid any attention to the amber heard johnny depp
1: case actually you know what not that much not that much i mean i would see um I'm fascinated with the accent he made up for himself. That's really all I can. <laughs> <laughs> like, where are you Where are you from? Like the Jersey part of England? Where did this accent come from? Uh, but no, but I also don't even understand that the, who won? They both won? What's going on? I need a yeah. winner. I think, uh,
0: yeah, I feel the same way. That was actually, what I'm more interested in is the like, fascination with it not really the case although uh i will if i ever divorce my wife will be pooping in the bed that is gonna be the way uh that's a, stand, that's
1: a standard breakup move from now on
0: yeah <laughs> i think she's awesome after doing that i'd cut, like <laughs> cut off anyone's finger you want like
1: you're Look, you've this, it. this might not be a popular opinion but any girl who if she's mad at you will shit in your bed is a going to be great at sex i'm just going to put that out there oh not yeah not the same day but
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean if you have two sets of sheets or two bedrooms maybe (laughs) yes Get, get some rubber sheets and enjoy the ride johnny but yeah it was i was interested in like because i guess the other part of the that trial that was interesting to me is like that trial had already happened once Mm-hmm. So like the pooping on the bed thing, people are like, Oh my God, did she poop? I'm like, I've known that for like three years. <laughs> like, what is, what are we doing? Like, how, how does this just news? Also, the people who like so many people that I would not have expected got so into it. My wife was into it. My wife, I made fun of her the first time she tried to show me a clip of it. And then I caught her like, sec- she's like secretly watching it on her phone while we, like when she woke up, she was just like watching updates on the, on the, uh, I was like, you can. You're allowed to like watch it. I don't have to like it. Like, you don't have to watch it like fucking Anne Frank. Like, you, you, can, you can just enjoy it publicly. It's fine. Greg Beechler's super into it. I'm sure that many other comedians were. I also got disgusted by how many people said "amber turd" with like the confidence of someone who had said it for. The, they were the first person to say it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do not – don't you dare talk about an angel like that in that way. (laughs) She's just misunderstood.
1: Uh, Yeah, I don't – yeah, it's very interesting. and I kind of shied away from any – because I wasn't paying attention. But any, like, strong – because there's certain – there's, like, a certain percentage of men who are just like, fuck this bitch. She's doing with – and I'm like, oh, whoa, what's going on? Like, I'm a little – that concerns me. And then I'm also, like – uh, it also, I mean, some of the clips I saw, I'm like, boy, she does not look good at all. Yeah.
0: No, I, know. I agree. I think, I think it was like a good opportunity to sit one out Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, and, uh, yeah, I'm, um, there's, there's certainly a thing where you're like, I am sure, you know, but we've always talked about this. It's like the middle opinion is never the one that's profitable, but like, I'm like, yeah, I'm sure he's a piece of shit. And also I'm sure that there's a ton of dudes who never get their like abuse story heard because they're like scared of some stigma of being weak or whatever. And so like, But I don't really think this was like it's weird for your like this is like a landmark case in society. Yeah, like I don't know, like this this feels a lot like a lady shit on a guy's bed that was famous. You know,
1: (laughs) seems like they're both constantly fucked up. Uh, But yeah, it the Doug Stanhope connection to Johnny Depp makes it more interesting to me. True, just just I mean I I actually. I I just read a bunch of Doug. Well, actually, he read them to me because they were audio books. But, but like he, uh, yeah, that part is interesting to me. And he very publicly has been like, "She's crazy, he's great,"
0: you know, what for
1: whatever that's worth. Who knows? But yeah,
0: I mean, yeah. to be fair, like if if you got if your wife shit on your bed and then you were having a public, I'd. Uh, sorry, Christy, but I'm t- I'm team Gabe. Okay, I don't even know any like horrible details about her, you and I still I'm,
1: would be... I'm team Gabe. I'm slightly jealous of the passion that would lead to a bed-shitting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We just... We're not really leading a bed-shitting lifestyle right now. It's just... It's more of a glance or a sigh.
0: You know, <laughs> many people have said that uh, uh, bed-shitting is one step away from love, you know? I think so.
1: People love differently.
0: Yeah, you can't love. You can't. You can't bed shit without love. You can't. You can't get there without starting at a point of love. Yeah. You know?
1: that if that's how high it was at one point, if it ended in bed shedding, you started somewhere high.
0: Yeah. Uh, also, I think he's like nine hundred years old, and she's like in her twenties still, maybe.
1: <laughs> yes. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah i know he's uh i mean a very talented actor but also like man you have not had a normal life in forever oh no she's 36
0: that makes me feel good i mean it's still
1: what's he 50 something
0: oh yeah he's he's uh man can you imagine you're like let's see he is 58 can you imagine you're like 53 years old is when someone shits in your bed for the first time I mean you
1: you know you're like you know what I made it to 53 I think my bed years are about nope nope no they're not